the big idea for today is really that to bless people in God's name, we will share the story of Jesus with the people we're seeking to bless and how he has impacted our lives. Now, I I realize that sharing the story can be a little bit scary, right? Actually having to talk to people about our faith and tell people about Jesus can be one of the most difficult things that we do because uh, it it puts us in an awkward position. We're not sure how people are going to receive it or how they're going to react or or what they're going to say. But that's why we mentioned the quote before because there's another version of it that says, preach the gospel at all times and if necessary, use words. Now, it's one little word, right, if and when, but that one little word can make a huge difference in how we understand our job as Christians to bring good news to the people around us. If means a person might never actually have to talk to somebody about their faith or tell them the story of Jesus. It's one thing for me to stand up in church on Sunday and talk to a room full of people like you about God because that's what we do in church on Sunday morning, right? But it's a completely different thing for me to share the story of God with my neighbor at home over the lawnmower, right? It can be a scary thing to know how to talk about our faith, but whether we think it's if it's necessary or when it's necessary really matters. You can't really spell bless with just one S either, so we really need to share our story, right? As always, we're taking our example from Jesus, who was the one who God sent to be on mission. And Jesus said, as the Father has sent me, so I send you. And so we're going to kind of walk through a story of Jesus with Nicodemus in John chapter 3, where, where we have this, uh, this Pharisee who comes in the middle of the night to ask Jesus to teach him more about what he's, his mission is all about. I do have my glasses today, so I can actually read from my original flat screen, and we'll also have the words on the screen for you. Uh, It says in verse 1, Now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council, or the Sanhedrin. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. Now, let's pause there for a minute, because this is kind of a a, a radical, wild statement that Jesus makes to Nicodemus. I mean, we're familiar with this idea of being born again, but but you have to put yourself in Nicodemus' place, right? You have to go back to the time and recognize the backstory that the Pharisees were these very conservative, very well-educated, highly influential religious leaders in Jesus' day. And they they would butt heads with Jesus all the time, and they wanted nothing more than to see him fall. And ultimately, they're the ones who kind of instigated his his crucifixion and going to the cross, right? Which is why Nicodemus comes to him in the middle of the night. He's coming in secret. He doesn't want his fellow Pharisees to know that he's coming to, to hear from Jesus, that he wants to talk to Jesus. So the conversation starts off with him acknowledging to Jesus, oh, Jesus, we know that you are a man sent from God because you couldn't do all these great miracles if you weren't. And, and, and Jesus says, oh, well, thank you very much. No, no, he, he turns the conversation very quickly to a very personal place that challenges Nicodemus to reexamine his understanding of relationship with God. He says this thing about needing to be born again, or more literally translated, it means need to be born from above. See, that that was so out there for Jesus to say because Nicodemus had always been taught 
and believed the things that were fine between he and God because he was a good Jew who kept all the ritual law and, and he knew what the scriptures were and he was a, he was a Pharisee, so he, he kept all those extra laws really well and he thought that's what made him right with God. And Jesus is saying, no, there's something else that you're missing. You have to be born from above. So let's pick up the story in, in verse 4. He says, how can someone be born when they're old? Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. You see, I don't think Nicodemus is, is claiming that it's anatomically impossible for a man to, to go back and be born again, even though that's what he says. He, he, he's saying, Jesus, what you're saying is, is just an impossibility. It makes no sense. Uh, there's no frame of reference for this. How could anybody be born again? And, and scholars suggest that this idea, Jesus says, that you must be born of the water and the spirit. He, he's identifying that, that people are being baptized, right? John the Baptist is out there. He's going to the Jordan River, and people are coming to, to be baptized for repentance. See, repentance means they're turning their hearts back to God. But, but more than just being able to turn our hearts back to God and be baptized, Jesus is saying we need to have a new spirit born within us. We have to be born from above. Only God's Spirit can change a person into a child of God. Only God's Spirit can give new life in the way that Jesus is talking about. To be born anew from above is to be transformed from the inside out, to be remade by God in the very core of our being. And Nicodemus is completely befuddled by this idea. And see, Jesus is turning his whole world upside down about what it means to be in relationship with God. He goes on to say, you are Israel's teacher, and you do not understand these things? See, he's saying you, you have all this information, but, but you don't understand the, the true application. You don't understand where it's supposed to lead you, that God wants to be born in your heart to, to create a whole new experience of relationship with him. See, Jesus is saying, I know it's hard to get your mind around it, but, but my story isn't just a story of miracles here on earth. It's a story of heaven, the place that I've come from. I am God come down from heaven, and you have to be born from that place in order to understand what God wants you to experience and know about this kingdom that is coming. See, when Jesus says the Son of Man must be lifted up, He's talking about his death on the cross, right? And because of that, he says that people who come to a personal faith in him will experience eternal life. And then he says one of the most often quoted verses in the Bible, in verse 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done 
has been done in the sight of God. See, Jesus is trying to help Nicodemus and us begin to understand that that God hasn't rejected people. People have rejected God. God's light is freely showing into the darkness of the world. His invitation for forgiveness and grace through his son Jesus is available to everybody. It's an open invitation, but, but we're the ones who turn our back on God. We're the ones who don't want to step into the light because if you step into the light, it means that your sin is exposed. It means that we have to be honest that we're not always good people. It means that we have brokenness and we have sin and we have uh, mistakes that we've made and we have to be honest with God about that in order to receive his forgiveness and his grace. And so we shun the light. We, we avoid it. But let's pay attention to what is going on in the story here, right? Nicodemus isn't a disciple of Jesus. He's not a Christ follower, and yet here he comes in the middle of the night because he's seeking truth from Jesus. He, there's something about Jesus that he's attracted to and he wants to know more about. And what does Jesus do? He simply shares his story. He tells Nicodemus about who he is and where he's come from. He tells him what he's about to do and what it means for Nicodemus to be able to participate in the kingdom of God that's coming into the world. That's the the last S in bless is he, he shares the story. Now back to the quote, right? Preach the gospel at all times when necessary, use words. You see, sharing the story requires words. How do you tell the story without words. And yet, if we're not able to tell our own story about Jesus and what he's done for us, how can we help, hope to help the people around us know the good news of Jesus for their lives? I think we probably would prefer to think more of like the, the if necessary version, right? Preach the gospel at all times and if necessary, use words. Because then we don't have to, we can tell ourselves that if I just do a good enough job at, at, at keeping my own life clean, if, if, if I'm just basically a good person and I help people around me, or I, I wear my Christian t-shirt or have my Jesus fish on my car, I, I don't really have to really talk to anybody about my faith or explain my hope for, for why I've put my faith in Jesus. That's, I mean, that's the pastor's job, not mine, Right? I mean, that's, that's why pastors go to school and they, they get a degree is so that they can talk about Jesus and then we don't have to. <laughs> maybe you feel like, I, I just don't know enough about the Bible because I don't have a, a degree. Maybe I'm just not good with words and I'm afraid I'm going to get it all tongue-tied and twisted. Maybe I, I, I don't come across as, I don't want to come across as a fanatic who's just trying to, you know, get up in people's faces about God. I, there's all kinds of reasons why we might be shy or scared about telling our story. But the truth is, if you think about it, as we go through this series and as we wrap it up today, if we're beginning with prayer for people who don't know Jesus, if we're taking time to listen with care, if we're eating together with them and we're serving them with love, eventually, don't you think the opportunity might come up where they ask you to tell them your story? Of course, we need to be wise and sensitive in what we say and how we say it, but but when we get the chance, we've got to take it. We've got to be prepared to, to be able to tell our story because that's what it means to be an evangelist. That's what it means to bless people with the good news of the story of Jesus, which is the story that we've been blessed with. See, to bless the world like God wants us to, there will be times when words are necessary. The apostle Paul in Romans Chapter 10, verse 14, said it this way. I can get there. 
How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And then it goes on, and how can anyone preach unless they are sent? And you see, that's the whole point of this series, is that we're saying that as Christ's followers, we are being sent out into the world in the same way that God sent Jesus. As the Father has sent me, Jesus told his disciples, so I am sending you. Can you imagine if a relief organization uh, said, feed the hungry, and if necessary, use food? Right? Or what about a medical mission that said, care for the sick, and if necessary, use medicine? Right? It, It doesn't make logical sense. We have been entrusted with the good news story of God's salvation for all humanity. And if we're not able to share that story with those around us, how will they hear and how will they have an opportunity to receive? See, the idea of when necessary, use words was originally meant to encourage people to walk their talk, right? To put feet to our faith. And we have to be living examples with our lifestyle of what it means to be a follower of Christ. But in order to truly bless people, we also have to be able to use words when the opportunity presents itself. The time will come when words are necessary. Most of those times will probably come once we've developed a relationship, once we've prayed and blessed and eaten with and cared for. Sometime on that journey in relationship with those around us, the opportunity will come to share our story. See, Nicodemus was drawn to Jesus. He was open to hear what Jesus had to say. And Jesus simply told him his story. So how how do we go about sharing our story? I want to suggest to you that there's a really simple way to do it if you just think about it in three parts. My life before I committed my life to Jesus, what happened to bring me to faith in him, and what my life is like now after accepting Jesus. And if you're like me, maybe you accepted Jesus when you were a little kid, uh, focus on some point of your story where, where God showed up in an amazing way, where maybe you were walking afar from God, and God brought you back, and he blessed you, and he turned your life around. We all have places in our journey with Jesus where God has shown up and transformed our lives. That's why most of you are here this morning, is because you have a story to tell. Before Jesus, during, and after, what difference has Jesus made in your life? It doesn't have to be rocket science or really complicated. You don't have to have a story like, I used to be a drug-dealing Satan worshiper, but ever since I found Jesus, now I pray 10 hours a day and I read the Bible continually. (laughs) That doesn't have to be your testimony in order to have a story to tell. In fact, if we turn to 1 Peter 3.15, Peter reminds us, but in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord, or set aside Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have, but do this with gentleness and respect. Always be prepared to give a reason for the hope that you have. But you see, he starts off by saying the first step is to set aside Christ as Lord in your heart. We say this over and over again, right? Discipleship begins in our heart. It's a heart issue. And if you want to be born from above, you have to allow the Spirit of God to birth a whole new experience in your heart of relationship with Him through Jesus Christ. When you set Christ aside as Lord in your heart, it makes you a different person. 
You deal with your finances differently. You handle your relationships and your marriages and, and, and all of your work relationships differently. You approach your career and your life goals differently. It begins to transform our priorities and turn our world upside down. When we set Christ aside as Lord in our hearts, his story becomes our story. His story becomes my story. And when I tell my story, I'm telling his story because it really is all about him and what he's done for me. So we simply start by how things used to be before we found our way back to God, talk about how we found our way back to God, and then talk about how things have transformed and are different this side of accepting Jesus. Now, you have to understand that, that once you accept Jesus, your life is in all rainbows and cupcakes, Right? I mean, part of the story is to tell the, the struggles and the mistakes and the challenges that we've had as well. Isn't that part of the good news is that it doesn't matter where we've been or what we've done. God's grace and his forgiveness and his mercy is always available. And he's always willing to dust us off, get us back on the path and start fresh again. Isn't that good news? And we have the opportunity to share that with people who don't understand that there is such a loving God who wants them to be in relationship with him. And then to wrap up for today, finally, maybe one of the most important things that we can be doing is we need to ask God to give us those opportunities to share our story. We need to pray and ask God, God, who do you want me to bless today? Who can I share my story with? And then we need to take time to prepare our stories. If, if God opened up the opportunity for you to share your story with somebody today, where would you start? What would be the beginning? What would be the middle part? What would be the end? Perhaps we can all begin to think about using some of the, the tools. We have an insert again today where there's some suggestions and some lines. You could just begin jotting down. What are the, what are the chapters of your story? What are the, the major events that if you were able to tell that to somebody, where is the grace of God through Jesus in your life and how has it impacted you today? See, in the weeks ahead, I'd I, I love us not to just move on from this blessed series, but to actually begin to live it out as a faith community. We've talked about wanting to set up activities through the summer where we're, we're going out and we're doing barbecues in the park or trips to museums or, or, or Dick's going to be doing hiking again this summer. Get those things on the calendar to let us know and then we'll invite friends and family members to, to go on journey with us. And maybe as we're, as we're going about enjoying eating together and uh, caring for one another, maybe God will bring up an opportunity for you to share maybe even just a piece of your story with somebody who needs some good news in their lives. How can we become even more intentional about evangelism, about sharing this good news of Jesus Christ with those around us? Because truly, that is how we can be the best blessing possible. Jesus said, as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Begin with prayer. Listen with care. Eat together. Serve with love. And then share your story. Amen? Let's pray. God, we thank you that you have given us the best story to tell. The story of your son, Jesus, who gave his life so that we could experience life with you. We thank you for this gift that we've been able to enjoy, and we ask, God, that you would help us to have the courage to tell our story to those that you would call us to share good news with. Help us to understand that even if our story doesn't seem all that dramatic or significant, it can have an eternal impact on someone else's life. God, help us 
to bless those around us, even as you have blessed us. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.